0: Hola mi gente, bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore and this is Creepy Chisme. Some stories and info are not suitable for all, especially young children. Listen at your own risk. Hola, mi gente. It's your girl, Lore, here with another episode of Creepy Chisme. I feel like right after I say that, I need to add in that air horn. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. How embarrassing. Anyway, (laughs) ¿cómo están todos? How y'all doing? Me? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I have been feeling so good mentally. So, so good. I'm in such a good mindset. And and I need to keep this up. Spring is coming. You know, we had a little Chicago spring teaser yesterday. Don't fall for it, guys. Winter's not over. And it proved that to us. (laughs) Because it's freaking freezing today, dude. (laughs) Frickin', I said frickin', oh lord. But yeah, spring is coming, don't worry, it's almost here. I'm just feeling good, you know, I'm, I guess this is the time where us Midwesterners come out of hibernation, cause I am, I'm getting that little urge to get up and work out, yeah. (laughs) So I think that'll be my focus for spring and summer, you know, get bikini ready. I've recently learned to stop comparing myself to others and i just stopped hating the way i look because we change daily like literally daily i look in the mirror and i'm like hmm that looks different today am i the only one i don't know i assume we all go through the same things you know don't hate yourself someone once told me you only get one body so be kind to it thank your body for what it's gone through you know every stretch mark has a story." every flab of skin has a story you know we've been through a lot you and your body yeah be kind to yourself but speaking of kind y'all are so kind to me tiktok listeners hello if you're here from tiktok hello now my tiktok is getting so much love lately it's absolutely insane (laughs) like a thousand of you want to listen to me what the hell I mean, given many of you have listened to me on the podcast, but y'all are like, you know, I'm used to you. This is new. This is like people on TikTok. If you read those comment sections, y'all are ruthless. (laughs) Just gets bigger and bigger. And and honestly, probably by the time this episode posts, it'll be past a (laughs) thousand. I'm not even kidding. So go join me there if you haven't already. I'll be posting regularly as much as I can. Now lately, I've been spending a lot of my time, you know, still getting out of this hibernation. But I've been listening to some more podcasts, checking out new podcasts because it helps me uh, when I listen to other people, especially people doing the same thing that, not the same thing, but similar things to what I do. So I recently found (laughs) a podcast called Let's Chat Paranormal. I am in love with this podcast. It's my new favorite. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I can't listen at night. <laughs> I told y'all I'm a chicken. I can't listen at night. It's too scary. They share a lot of personal experiences that are very creepy. But yeah, I have to listen during the day. <laughs> then I I, I do want to shout out the podcast as well, A Spooky Tales. Uh, yes, I said a spooky. E S P O O K Y. Um, it's two friends that tell a lot of folklore and myths, which is what my episode is about today. And they focus mostly on the Latin American culture. So that's always cool to learn about. So if you're looking for a nude podcast and you like creepy stuff, then go check out Let's Chat Paranormal and A Spooky Tales. I highly recommend them. Now, I know I have a lot of new listeners. Uh, so hello again. We don't bite that hard. <laughs> I bite. I'm... I'm i bite i do uh but it's been a while so i want to welcome the new listeners and not just from tiktok but like i have been gaining new listeners i'm not kidding every episode so hello and i'm talking about all over the world and that's still so crazy to me that people all over the world australia y'all are my number two place truly appreciate that so i figured before we get into the creepiness today Let's do a little Q&A. So the other day I posted on Instagram and asked you guys to ask me some questions. Anything you wanted to know. Didn't even have to be about the podcast. It could have been about anything. Anything you were curious about. Some of you emailed me questions. So I also added those into the mix. And some of you have messaged me on Instagram or Facebook groups. And I also added those in. So I'm only going to do 10. There were a lot more, but I'm only going to do 10. So number one, is your real name Lore? <laughs> no, it, my name is Lorena. Oddly enough, my family here in the States, they call me Nena, which doesn't sound like Lorena. I guess a little. <laughs> but in Mexico, my family calls me Lore. And so... I chose to go with the name Lore just because it's shorter, it's cuter, and (laughs) people who I don't want to find me won't, right? (laughs) So yeah, I chose Lore. Uh, Why did you start the podcast? I spoke about this, I think, in my first episode, but I will say it again. The reason I started this podcast was, one, I was going through a really tough time I was going through a divorce, who we were together for a very long time, off and on, which was a red flag. (laughs) When I was going through that time in my life, I would just sit in my bed and watch hours and hours of true crime documentaries, YouTube videos. Now, I've always been into weird and strange. Um, As a kid growing up, I was an X-Files fan. I was a Unsolved Mysteries fan. There were tons of shows like in the late 90s, early 2000s that had to do with like paranormal stuff. So I watched all of that. So it's always interested me. Um, Somebody wants to know how many pets do I have. I have my dog Lola who is my life, my love, my little señorita. I love her so much. If you have been privileged enough to get to know my Lolita, she's something else. That's all I gotta say. (laughs) She thinks she's a human. She's in love with her papa, her grandpa, and (laughs) she loves her cousin, or she loves my niece V, and she loves my new nephew. She's obsessed with them. Somebody wants to know what kind of music I listen to. The kind of music I listen to is, oh gosh, there's no genre of music I listen to. I listen to everything everything it just depends on what i'm in the mood for but to be honest most of the time you'll just find me listening to a podcast <laughs> uh once in a while i'll i'll go through my spotify playlist and it's mostly like a lot of 2000s music like pop r&b and then i have my alternative list and emo music rock music and then i have my metal list which is like hardcore metal and it's all over the place y'all so don't ask me <laughs> Am I in a relationship? Ooh, y'all want the cheese for real. Okay. <laughs> Am I in a relationship? Let me tell you something. Dating sucks. And what I've concluded with that is I'm good. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. I'm good. All right. Someone wants to know, what is your favorite horror movie? This is my favorite question. My favorite horror movie of all time is the Halloween movie, the original Halloween, which is funny because as a child I was deathly afraid of Michael Myers. But I love Michael Myers. That's my favorite horror character and that's my favorite movie. I also love all the Halloween original Halloweens. I also like the Rob Zombie Halloweens. It's a little different perspective and I like that. It's different. What has been your favorite episode so far? I'm assuming we're asking about the podcast. And, of course, all of them, right? That's the right answer. (laughs) But I really enjoy the episodes where I just talk with a friend, family, whoever. And we just have conversation. So those are my favorite. And I'm starting to realize that when I listen to other people's podcasts, I also like listening to those episodes because you kind of feel like you're sitting there with them. And you're chismiendo, you know? So I want to do a lot more of those. Have you ever visited any paranormal locations? I had a chance to go to Bachelor's Grove, but of course I chickened out. And I had a good reason. And I think I said this before I was just hired for my job that I have now. So at that time, I was just hired. Like I hadn't even started. They called me like the day before, and my friends wanted to go that night. And so. We had read that if you get caught, you can be fined, taken to jail, whatever. And I was like, I don't need that. Like right now, if that happens, like I'm screwed, they're going to fire me. So I just was like, I'm not going. Plus I was scared. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was scared. <laughs> uh, so I could have gone, but I didn't go. Or I've, and I've never gone since. But other than that, like going to Mexico, Mexico is pretty haunted. And I had my Yorona uh, experience, but no place specific. Like a specific place known for hauntings. However, I do have a trip planned soon. Well, I hope it goes, everything works out and I get to go. And if I do go, I'll tell you guys about it when it happens. Somebody said, who is someone you look up to? Gosh, who do I look up to? Mm, I guess the only person in my life that I actually look up to is my friend, my best friend, (laughs) Regina. Uh, she has a heart of gold, like literally has a heart of gold. She is the person I call when I need advice because she sees, she tries to see from both sides, no matter how much she hates the person, no matter how much I hate the person. I get mad. Like, I'm like, ugh, like take my side. But then at the end, I'm like, you know what? You're right. (laughs) Yeah. I said, you're right, Regina. (laughs) Uh, So I do, I look up to her and she is just, oh my gosh, she is breaking barriers. She is amazing. She went to university. She has a great job. She has a beautiful home and family. I just, I do, I look up to her. I'm not going to (laughs) cry. I wish I could be more like her. That's someone I look up to. And then my last question I'm going to answer today is what is your ideal date night? Why are you trying to take me out? my ideal date night, honestly, I'm boring, would be (laughs) order in, cozy up, and watch a scary movie. Honestly, that's my ideal date night. But yeah, thanks for sending those in. I think it's important y'all get to know me on a more personal level. A lot of hosts of podcasts, they they get on, they read a script, and then they get off. And this is chisme. We're here to talk, you and I. So that's what I want to do. Maybe I'll do more another time, like I said, but all right. It is time for a creepy chisme update. So today I have an article for you that I found hilarious. (laughs) So I'm going to share. The title of the article, well, first of all, it's from newser.com written by Evan Gastaldo, um, posted January 15, 2022. So the title says, Women's alleged glitter attack ends with felony charges. Woo! Glitter. (laughs) Glitter attack. All right. (laughs) So two Florida women are facing felony charges over glitter. Police say Caitlin O'Donovan, 27, and Sarah Franks, 29, Went to a man's Clearwater apartment around 3 a.m. Monday and got into an argument with him as he stood on a fenced patio. That's when the women allegedly threw containers of glitter at him, hitting him in the head and torso. Franks is then accused of jumping the fence, entering the apartment, and throwing more containers of glitter at him. <laughs> She then allegedly let O'Donovan in through the front door and both continued throwing containers of glitter. Police say authorities found yes, glitter in the car when they traced <laughs> when they traced it to the women they are charged with a felony burglary with assault or battery, and Franks is also charged with misdemeanor criminal mischief for allegedly kicking a window until it broke. The reason I think I find this so funny is because when I was in grade school, I don't know if any of my middle schooler friends are listening, but when I was in grade school, there were these little cups of glitter that they would sell. It was for makeup, I think, but it looks kind of like what they use now for nail art, like those little containers. Yeah, back in the 2000s, we put glitter everywhere in our hair, on our eyes, everywhere, So I remember they would sell these little caps of glitter, and the boys started stealing them, and then they would do what they would call a glitter bomb. So they would open it and blow it into somebody's face or onto somebody, whatever. And I remember one time, I'm not going to say their names because, you know, but there were these two girls that we were walking in after recess, and the one girl... I don't know if she did it on purpose or not. She claimed she didn't do it on purpose, but she was a bitch. So she probably did. She opened a glitter cup and she was like showing it to another girl who was, I think, her best friend at the time. And I don't know if she laughed. I saw her blow. So she blew it and it went all over this girl's face. It was in her eyebrows, her eyes, her mouth, her nose, her hair. Oh, it was a mess. It was a glitter bomb. <laughs> And I just remember that. And so (laughs) first of all, I hate glitter now. I hate it. I really do. It's pretty, but I hate it because it gets everywhere. And I hate that they put glitter into makeup palettes like it sucks because it gets everywhere. I remember like there was one palette I had. I don't even remember what it was. But it was around the time when my nephew was born. And my brother would always be like, you know how I know you held him? Because there was glitter on his head. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> so yeah, glitter is so hard to get out of everything. But my favorite part of this article is that they traced <laughs> they traced the glitter back to the woman's car. And there is no hiding that evidence, girl. <laughs> so yeah, that was just a quick little story I wanted to share with you. So I have a lot of information I want to get through today, so let's get right into it y'all. It is time to get creepy. Today on Creepy Chisme we're going to be talking about Mexican folklore legends and ancient creatures. Now, before settlers came into Mexico, there were civilizations present already there. And those included the well-known Mayan and Aztec civilizations. But there were many more, which I learned from a recent podcast I was listening to. A lot of other civilizations that a lot of people don't talk about. But anyway, many of these civilizations helped begin the many myths, folktales, and monster stories that have continued into today. Now, I'm only going to be briefly touching on these, especially the ancient creatures, because there's a lot of information, like I said. Now, let's start with some mythical creatures. Now, some of these mythical creatures are said to have helped create the universe. And please forgive me for these pronunciations, (laughs) y'all. But these are Aztec creatures and Mayan creatures, so I'm going to do my best. El primero es el avizet. El awisolt sorry. <laughs> El Awisolt. So the Awisolt is a water beast, and it can be found in Aztec architecture and art. Now this creature is about the size of a dog with pointed ears, a smooth body, usually black in color, with clumped hair that lays down its back, almost like a mohawk. Now the paws of this creature are hand-like, almost like a, um, the hands of a raccoon so kind of human-like, and it has a long tail tipped with what looks like a human hand. Now this creature lives in the water, mostly residing in lakes and rivers. It is said that the creature hungers for humans and is said to enjoy fingernails and teeth. It preys on those that walk close to the water's edge or surface. It grabs them with its tail and drags them underwater. Now few escape the beast, But some victims resurfaced with no eyes, no teeth, and no nails. Now if someone resurfaces and anyone touches them, it is stated that that person would be cursed forever. So only a priest could get close to them and then move the body where it would be properly buried and sent to the heavenly realm of the water god. Now, the Aztecs believe once a person was touched or killed by this creature, the whole family now was in danger and said to have a high chance of being snatched by the water beast. And I'll try my best to find pictures of these creatures and post them on my Instagram so you can go look as I'm reading or look after. But if you're like me, you're going to go look right now. <laughs> you probably already searched it. <laughs> the next creature I have is the Chanekis or chaniques, it is a goblin-like creature that the Aztecs believed in as well, and they said that it was a spirit of the forest that was protecting the forest. However, these little goblin-like creatures are said to capture the souls of lost wanderers. So if a person, or especially a child, becomes lost in the forest, then the chaniques, chaniquis, I think that's how they say it, that Chaniquis were to blame for this disappearance. Now, when I search this creature, it's still believed by many today, and you can even find recordings and sightings that people have had. Of course, you know, when people record crap that's amazing, they're all shaky or blurry, and it's like, come on, y'all, we got iPhones. Get it together. The next creature I have is the Sipaktil. The Sipaktli. Whew. I want to hear someone speak the Aztec language because, ah, they must be great at tongue twisters. The Cipactli. Um, This creature is a serpent-like creature who is credited for the Earth's creation. Now, the Aztecs believed it was a serpent with toad and fish-like characteristics. Now, the creature is said to have a mouth at each joint and a huge appetite. Mmm. So the story is pretty much that anything the gods created would keep falling into the mouths of the Sipaktli and be completely destroyed. So they band together to come up with a plan to destroy the creature. So they end up defeating the creature and then pull its body in four directions and freed the universe from it. Even way back then, Serpents are portrayed as like evil, and the waters usually house these creatures, which I find fascinating because even today, serpents are still viewed in an evil light. I've always felt that every myth, every leyenda, story, whatever, always has some type of truth behind it. You know, like when you see a movie that is based on a true story, and the only thing true about it is the location and a name or two? Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) So with these creatures, especially in the past, when knowledge was different, maybe they saw a dog with mange and created the water beast. So there's definitely some truth, even if it's only a tiny truth, behind these creatures and these stories. The next one I have is the Queen Metzen. Why did I say it like that? (laughs) The Queen, Queen Metzen. Now, the Cuinametsen were a race of giants that lived in Mexico. Around the time Spaniards invaded Mexico, stories of these giant creatures were everywhere. Now, these myths were intriguing, although mostly myths. There were some early conquistadors that would document these giants or proof of these giants in their diaries. Now, when the Spaniards arrived, the natives to the land told these stories of great giants that were claimed to stand anywhere from 10 to 20 feet tall and said to have weighed up to over 600 pounds. Now, these giants were credited for helping to build some of the largest Aztec temples. The Spaniards then compared these myths to their biblical myths that also spoke of giants as well, like in the book of Genesis. So the stories must be true, right? If they're in the Bible, must be true. (laughs) In Central Mexico, at the time of the Spanish contact, the people believed in these stories of giants so much that they even named their capital, Tenochtitlan. This name came from a man who came from an ancient race of giants. His name was Tenocht. So like, I already mentioned early Mexican civilizations would use these giants to explain large colossal ruins that they really had no idea how they became. Now, I want to explain that the Aztecs had firm beliefs in these giants, but the Mayans, they didn't believe in a race of giants that lived before them. Instead, they believed in Chacob, which were these demigods that served the god Choc. And they take human form as as either giants or dwarves, which is two very opposite things, but okay. <laughs> now, the Mayans included these demigods in their artwork. Some researchers believe that these giants did exist, but were a race of giant humanoids. Okay, now we're getting to my stuff. <laughs> so did... Queen Ametson walk among us before, or were they just stories to justify the unexplained? Hmm. <laughs> you know, giants, we hear about giants in a lot of different cultures, a lot of different countries, and some people have even claimed to find giant bones. Um, I don't remember where or when, but I remember they found giant skulls in a cave somewhere, but we're, we're not talking 10 or 20 feet tall. We're talking like, you know, a normal giant that we would see today. And then when I think about life before humans, there's so much we don't know that the possibility of a giant human race or a giant race living here is honestly, it could have been, you know, it could have been. Now, here's a creature that will scare the kids. (laughs) This creature is called Tla el Puchis. Now originating in the kingdom of Tlaxcala, this creature is known to be a shape-shifting female vampire that feeds on babies. (laughs) Now by day, there are human women with normal families, but at night they transform and they go off to feed on the blood of infants. So stories claim that they can transform into many different animals, but mostly small animals like a turkey or a bird or something bird-like is the most common, but any animal really. Now the smaller the animal, the better. So yes, even fleas, which is odd because they need blood to survive. And what do fleas do? They need blood to survive. (laughs) So this creature originates back thousands of years to Aztec goddesses and brujas from España. So the creature is actually born this way and it's not known until the age of puberty where they then obtain power to transform and begin to crave blood. Now this kind of sounds like Teen Witch. You guys know that movie Teen Witch? Great movie. Minus the blood thing. But that's such a good movie. And, and I was so sad <laughs> when I turned 16 and I didn't get my bruja powers on my birthday. <laughs> but I can always learn still. I can always learn. So apparently, the Tla'il ooh, that's hard to say, only feeds about one to four times a month. They don't eat every day. Now they can hypnotize their victim and then strike But most of the time, they transform by undressing from their human skin, taking their legs off, and becoming whatever small creature they chose to be. So before she can enter the house, she has to complete a ritual. Uh, The ritual is that she must fly in the shape of a cross from north to south and then east to west. Now, most of the time, these shape-shifting brujas are said to live normal lives, like I said, amongst others, so beware. However, this creature is very sensitive to metal, mirrors, garlic, and onions. And in order to rid of this creature, a wooden stake must be drawn into the heart. Or, even cooler, (laughs) chop their head off and throw their legs into a fire. Now people really, truly believed in the Tla el Puchis, because the last Tla el Puchis was killed or known to be killed in nineteen seventy three Yeah <laughs> so yeah, pretty scary. a uh, bruja vampire. Now, a Mayan creature known as Wechivo said to is said to dwell near the Yucatan Peninsula. Now this monster is a supernatural beast that honestly, y'all, it looks like a damn demon. Now the beast is said to take form as a half-man, half-goat with bright red eyes. So the creature walks the roads, terrifying any that cross its path. And it feeds on chickens and cows and is very mischievous. So apparently it can cast spells... And the legend says that if a sorcerer drinks the sangre de un chivo, it will become a white chivo. Now another legend claims that the monster was once a child who became a witch and fell in love with a young girl that cared for goats. Now the boy loved the girl so much that he called upon the devil to transform him into a goat. That way he could be with the girl. And so the devil did as he asked. However... El diablo no es sincero. We all know that. He cannot be trusted because he is also mean and mischievous. So the spell didn't fully take. And so the boy became half human and half goat. Oh, that actually sounds really sad. <laughs> A child stuck in that form when all he wanted was amor. Pobrecito. Now this last creature I want to mention is the Nawal. Now, the nawal is a creature that can be found in all cultures around the world. It's pretty much a spirit guardian that takes form as an animal. So, it's sort of like what we would call a spirit animal. It is claimed that we all have a nawal that fits our personality. Now, Mayans also believed that some nawals could change from human to animal. So, this creature today is still believed to exist, except... It has become a little more sinister. Some even claim that some Nahuas are demonic. They only come out at night or lurk in dark areas. They feed on livestock and they cause havoc everywhere they go. However, if the legend is true and these animals fit our personalities, then honestly, I feel like that would explain why they are mean and ill-tempered. <laughs> Uh, this creature almost reminds me of legends and stories of the skinwalkers, which, that's a whole nother topic, and I truly believe in skinwalkers. So yeah, those are some creatures from Mexico, and honestly, you can compare most of them to creatures we have around today, and these creatures come from thousands and thousands of years ago, so it's great that they are still passed down, just like these next stories and legends that I have for you. You may have heard these from family, and all of these are told by word of mouth, so they are almost never the same. I translated most of these, so Lord help us all. (laughs) I think they came out great, (laughs) so enjoy! This story is from Mexicali, Baja California, Mexico. It is called the truck driver. A truck driver is driving on a road that has never really used much. He was hurrying home because his wife was about to give birth. He was excited to witness the birth of his son. He also wanted to make sure his wife could afford the hospital bill. So he's rushing to get home. And as he was speeding through a mountain pass, his trailer tilted over and it hit a stone wall. He was knocked out, but eventually woke up. He thanked Dios and went to find help. However, he didn't want to go too far because he was in charge of the cargo on the trailer and didn't want thieves to steal it. So it got darker out, and he decided he needed to walk a little bit further because his family meant more to him than the cargo on the truck. So the man's walking, and hours start passing, and he ends up back, At the crash site. He figured he had walked somehow in a giant circle, so he just sat and waited to see if anyone can help. In the morning, a young man saw the truck and the man. He went to check on the man who was asleep, and the man told him about his wife and the newborn and how he needed to get the money to her. He told the young man to take his money to his wife and to send help. He had to protect the cargo so he would stay behind. So the young man took the money and shook the man's hand. When he shook his hand, the young man felt an ice-cold hand. But the young man hurried to take the money to the man's wife and took off. The young man arrived to the hospital where he was told to go and asked for the woman by name. But the hospital found no one by that name. They even checked back a few weeks and still nothing. But the young man felt very guilty about keeping the money, so he began asking around the town for the woman. A few weeks later, an old woman told him where to find a woman by that name. She also told him that he really shouldn't disturb her, but he was going to follow through with his task. So he goes and knocks, and he asks to speak to the truck driver's wife. The woman who answered the door was an older woman, but said that she was the wife. The young man was very confused because how could this older woman bear a child? So he started explaining the story to her, and as he did, the woman started crying. The woman tells the young man that 20 years ago, her husband died in a truck accident. The young man gave her the money and left. When he got home, he noticed the truck driver standing in front of his rig, The trucker looked at him and said, Gracias. The young man then went to a bar where he told his story, and so the legend began. This next legend is called the Legend of Mariana and the Golden Cross. Once upon a time, there was a very rich Spanish man named Antonio who lived in a small town south of Michoacán. He had great riches, but his greatest treasure was his teenage daughter, Mariana, who was so beautiful. Some believed she was an angel. Mariana fell in love with a handsome Indian boy from the village. He was very brave and had true feelings for the beautiful girl. Unfortunately for the young couple, Don Antonio would not allow her to marry anyone. He was very selfish and excessively jealous, so to avoid ever losing his greatest treasure, on May 2nd, he hiked the Devil's Hill, where it was well known that men with horrible wishes went to make even more horrible deals with the Devil. Antonio didn't find the Devil, so when he reached the top of the hill, he cried. I would rather Mariana and everyone around me die than to see her being taken by another man. The next day, during the celebration of the Holy Cross, Mariana's boyfriend gave her a small cross made of gold that belonged to his ancestors as a symbol of the union of a heroic race with another of talent and nobility. At that exact moment, the earth began to tremble and there was a terrible cataclysm. An atmosphere of fire and earth invaded the village, killing many people and Mariana. Her Indian boyfriend and her father were never found under the mud. The few that managed to escape believed the devil fulfilled the jealous father's request. They transmitted the story from generation to generation Today, you can see the remains of that terrible event at the San Antonio Hill, also known as Mariana. People gave the mountain the name of the beautiful girl since it seems that it is she who is laying there, waiting for her beloved boyfriend for all eternity. Every year on May the 3rd, during the celebration of the cross, many are sure to have seen a beautiful young girl singing a sad song, and kissing a small gold cross hanging from her chest they claimed to have seen her walking towards the hill and disappearing suddenly princess hapunda and the patscuaro lake hapunda was a beautiful princess that lived on the yunin island on the patscuaro lake she was not only gorgeous, but also very kind, and the most beloved person in the entire island. Stories about her exceptional beauty and kindness started to spread around the surrounding villages, and finally got to the ears of some Chichimecas warriors. These unwanted characters decided to kidnap the princess and take her to their king as a gift, hoping for glory and gold in return. The princess's brothers offered to defend her, but she knew that the enemy army was much bigger and powerful, and her brothers would probably not succeed and die defending her. She was not going to surrender easily either, so she decides to escape in the middle of the night. She runs to the Pazcuaro Lake, who she believed was her one true love, and poured her dramatic story into his waters. The lake felt her sorrow and despair, and asked her to dive into his water so they can be united forever, and so she did. After going into the deepest end of the lake, she emerged, reborn into a mighty white heron, and forever stayed around her beloved Pazcuaro, flying and feeding from it for all eternity. That one's so beautiful. Those kind of stories are just oof. Like I almost want to cry. Like that was such a beautiful love story. And we're talking about a freaking lake and a bird. Like, (laughs) woo, so beautiful. Now we've all been told scary stories when we were little in order for us to be obedient and do as we are told. This Latin American folktale is one of the best known among parents in order for them to have their kids obey them. This next story is called The Saco Man. Legend says that if you are not a good son or daughter and you don't behave, this scary old man will come from wherever he is, put you inside his sack, and take you away forever. Some say he will punish you by eating you bit by bit, and some others say that he will just keep you as a pet serving him for all eternity. The truth is, no child wants to find out. He is an old man around 50 years old, average height and always wearing worn clothes, carrying a sack and wearing a hat. He walks hunched and showing constant tiredness, making people feel sorry for him and deceiving anyone from his true evil intentions. People say this is just a legend originated by the bad reputation of some beggars or homeless people that wander around the city carrying their belongings inside a sack. Some others say that the Saco Man legend is based on a true life story about an American serial killer that used to pose as a poor old man that loved children, attracting them by offering them candy from his sack. The truth is that no matter where the legend came from, it works. It works wonderfully when parents need their kids to be obedient and to go to bed early, or do their homework, or even eat every single thing on their plate. So now you know, be obedient and never accept candy from a stranger. So I leave you guys with one final story, this one's my favorite, and it's a story that you may have heard many a time, in many different fashions, and it is very popular in Mexico and in the United States. While researching for this next story, I found many different versions of it in many countries, and I think one of my theas actually told me a different version of this story as well. This particular story is told in Sinaloa. The story is called The Stranger at the Dance. In an area of town known as the Country Club Neighborhood, where wealthier people hung out and hosted lavish parties, there was a talk of a big New Year's Eve party. It was to be hosted by one of the wealthiest neighbors. Of course, the younger crowd was excited young girls spent days finding the perfect outfit getting their hair done getting their nails done they were excited now they all dreamed of looking their best to go and dance the night away with a special man some even thought they'd find the one at the dance one girl was named linda and after days of searching she found the most gorgeous dress the most gorgeous shoes for the party The day of the party, she spent several hours getting ready. After she was ready, she went to her mother, who at the time was very sick and bedridden. The mother begged that Linda not go to the party, but Linda got angry and went to her room and cried. She locked herself in, but after a while, she decided that she didn't care what her mother said. She would go to the party. She spent all this time getting ready, so she does what any teen disobeying their parent would do. She jumps out her bedroom window and meets up with her friends. When they get to the dance, they are excited. Their fave banda is playing, but Linda is single and ready to mingle. Now Linda was a beautiful girl and many already had asked her to dance but none were up to her standards. But then, right through the crowd, this tall young man with beautiful blue eyes and jet black hair walks up to her. Quieres bailar?" He says to her, he was very well dressed, and he smelled really good, and nobody even knew who he was. Linda immediately obliged and thought to herself, This is the guy I have been waiting for." Now Linda and the handsome guy danced all night, and right before midnight, after dancing so long, Linda felt very hot and was overheating, especially her back, very hot. She looked over her shoulder and she saw a stain on her dress, so she excused herself and went to the bathroom. Now in the mirror, she saw a stained handprint where the boy's hand had been while dancing. But she figured maybe his hand was sweaty, a little dirty, or maybe the dress material was just too thin. But regardless, she went back to dance with her handsome partner. As they danced some more, it got even warmer and hotter, and a strange smell of sulfur now filled the room everyone at the dance looked towards the center of the dance floor where linda and the man were dancing the crowd noticed that the young man now is standing on a foot of a rooster and a hoof of a goat linda then noticed and faints the room quickly fills with smoke and fog and the smell of sulfur deepened the young man had disappeared. Everyone ran away and the dance floor caught fire. Now Linda or the boy were never seen again. It is said that Linda was said to have gone mad and spent the rest of her life in a hospital. Others think that Linda went with the man who they claim was the devil and is now his bride. Alright, I wasn't going to do this last one, but it's a quick one, so I'm going to tell it. My final story for you today is a creepy one indeed. This story is called La Planchada. Now, there are several versions of this story, but regardless, this legend haunts many hospitals in Mexico. I found this story on hauntedghoststories.com. This specific story comes from central Mexico. La Planchada, whose real name was Eulalia, was a nurse and she is typically seen in old fashioned nurse uniforms. The story dates back to the 1930s and so her clothing is stuck in that time period. Since Eulalia was only alive just a few decades ago, people can pinpoint the hospital's name in which she worked. The hospital is known as Hospital Juarez and you can find it in the heart of Mexico City. Eulalia was a stellar nurse, always going above and beyond for her patients. She was truly on top of everything needed on her floor. Eventually, a doctor caught her eye, and the two fell in love. Now this love was not meant to last, because eventually, the doctor left for a conference and never returned. The rumor is that he met another woman while away, and without notice, never returned to Eulalia or his job. This was heartbreaking, confusing, and soul-crushing. It affected Eulalia’s work, her life, her passion. Her performance began to suffer, and mistakes began to happen within the walls of the Hospital Juarez. Eventually, she lost a patient due to her lack of concentration. This crushed her spirit so much. Once an impeccable nurse, now a shell of herself. When this happened, she couldn't get over the fact that her lack of concentration caused a death. Eulalia became depressed and eventually took her life, right at her place of work. Immediately, colleagues and patients began to notice ghost sightings of La Planchada all around the hospital floor. It was almost as if she couldn't let go of tending to her patients now that she had moved into the afterlife. Was she trying to right a wrong? Today you can find La Planchada walking through the halls in the patients' rooms and in the emergency corridor. But this is not specific to to Hospital Juarez. La Planchada began her healing journey at Hospital Juarez. But since then, she has continued to expand her visits beyond her origin. Many patients from a variety of hospitals have all claimed to receive a visit from the ironed lady. The reason why the hospital staff began to call the ghost of Hospital Juarez La Planchada is because she always wears a clean and freshly pressed uniform. This is probably the only thing that is constant in this story that is told by many The variables that you will read depending on the source of this tale are as follows. Sometimes she is glowing, and sometimes she is not. Sometimes she walks, sometimes she looks as if she's hovering. Sometimes the story will say that she had a full relationship with the doctor, and sometimes it will say he rejected her, and that's why she committed suicide. Some stories say that she travels hospitals and heals as many as she can, Others say she only heals those in the room where she committed suicide. But one thing about La Planchada is certain. She always looks very good. Now the interesting part of this story is that sometimes the hospital is overoccupied, and it takes a while for the nursing staff to get to every patient and tend to their needs. However, when they arrive, the patient says that a nurse has already helped and healed them. Naturally, they're talking about the Iron Lady. But does the Iron Lady actually have healing powers? Or is it something they believe in because these patients are just spiritual? No one will ever truly know. Many claim that a lot of spirits don't move on because they have unfinished business. And it sort of seems like La Planchada is definitely one of those spirits. The good thing about a lot of the stories and legends of La Planchada is that she is good and she does heal. So those were just some Mexican legends, folk tales that I found fascinating. There are so many. There are tons and tons of books written about these stories. But like I said, they're all similar in a way. But of course, from every rancho, every little town, every village, the stories change. People make them their own or try to fit them, you know, like the Saco Man, maybe in another rancho. It's somebody who looks a little different, but it's the same storyline, you know? I think stories like these that are passed down through many generations are still very entertaining. So I hope all of you out there, mi gente, can share them too or pass these on. Good campfire stories, right? Um, make some s'mores, chill, tell the story of La Planchada, you know? Um, my niece can vouch for me, but I have become that tia with the crazy stories. <laughs> Which, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have for you today. Share this episode with a friend who you think will be interested in it or post it on social media. And don't forget, if you haven't already, go follow Creepy Cheeseman on Instagram, Facebook groups, and you don't want to miss out on the TikTok because there are more creepy and scary stories just like the ones I told you today. Don't have nightmares, mi gente. Gracias por escuchar. Y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, stay creepy and spread the chisme. Adios, mi gente.